Act Five of The Lady from the Sea by Henrik Ibsen, translated by Eleanor Marx Arveling. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Five. The distant part of Doctor Wangel's garden and the carp pond. The summer night gradually darkens. Arnholm, Bolette, Lingstrand, and Hilde in a boat, pushing along the shore left. See, we can jump ashore easily here. No, no, don't. I, uh, I can't jump, Miss Hilda. Can't you jump either, Arnholm? I'd rather not try. Then let's land down there by the bathing steps. They push off right. At the same moment, Ballestead comes along the footpath right, carrying music books and a French horn. He bows to those in the boat, turns and speaks to them. The answers are heard farther and farther away. What do you say? Yes, of course it's on account of the English steamer. For this is her last visit here this year. But if you want to enjoy the pleasures of melody, you mustn't wait too long. Calling out. What? Shaking his head. Can't hear what you say. Elida, with a shawl over her head, enters, followed by Dr. Wangel. But, dear Elida, I assure you there's plenty of time. No, no, there is not. He may come any moment. Ballestet, outside the fence. Hello. Good evening, doctor. Good evening, Mrs. Wangel. Wangel, noticing him. Oh, is it you? Is there to be music tonight? Yes. The Windband Society thought of making themselves heard. We've no dearth of festive occasions nowadays. Tonight it's in the honour of the English ship. The English ship? Is she in sight already? Not yet. But you know she comes from between the islands. You can't see anything of her, and then she's alongside of you. Yes, that is so. Wangel half to Elida. Tonight is the last voyage then she will not come again a sad thought doctor and that's why we're going to give them an ovation as the saying is ah yes ah yes the glad summer time will soon be over now soon all the ways will be barred as they say in the tragedy all ways barred yes it's sad to think of we've been the joyous children of summer for weeks and months now it's hard to reconcile yourself to the dark days, just at first. I mean, for men can acclimatize uh, themselves, Mrs. Wangle. I, indeed they can. Bows and goes off left. Elida looking out at the fjord. Oh, this terrible suspense, this torturing last half-hour before the decision. You are determined, then, to speak to him yourself. I must speak to him myself. For it is freely that I must make my choice. You have no choice, Alida. You have no right to choose, no right without my permission. You can never prevent the choice, neither you nor any one. You can forbid me to go away with him, to follow him, in case I should choose to do that. You can keep me here by force, against my will. That you can do. But that I should choose, choose from my very soul, choose him and not you, in case I would and did choose thus. This you cannot prevent. No, you are right. I cannot prevent that. 
and so I have nothing to help me to resist. Here at home there is no single thing that attracts me and binds me. I am so absolutely rootless in your house, Vongo. The children are not mine. Their hearts, I mean, never have been. When I go, if I do go, either with him to-night or to Skjoldviken to-morrow, I haven't a key to give up, in order to give about anything whatsoever. I am absolutely rootless in your house. I have been absolutely outside everything from the very first. You yourself wished it. No, no, I did not. I neither wished it nor did not wish it. I simply left things just as I found them the day I came here. It is you and no one else who wished it. I thought to do all for the best for you. Yes, Rungle, I know it so well. But there is retribution in that, a something that avenges itself. For now I find no binding power here, nothing to strengthen me, nothing to help me, nothing to draw me towards what should have been the strongest possession of us both. I see it, Elida, and that is why from to-morrow you shall have back your freedom. Henceforth you shall live your own life. And you call that my own life? No. My own true life lost its bearings when I agreed to live with you. Clenches her hand in fear and unrest. And now, to-night, in half an hour, he who I forsook is coming. He to whom I should have cleaved forever, even as he has cleaved to me. Now he is coming to offer me, for the last and only time, the chance of living my life over again, of living my own true life, the life that terrifies and attracts. And I cannot forego that, not freely. That is why it is necessary your husband and your doctor should take the power of acting from you and act on your behalf. Yes, Vongel, I quite understand. Believe me, there are times when I think it would be peace and deliverance if with all my soul I could be bound to you, and try to brave all that terrifies and attracts. But I cannot! No! No, I cannot do that! Come, Elida, let us walk up and down together for a while. I would, gladly. But I dare not. For he said I was to wait for him here. Come, there is time enough. Do you think so? Plenty of time, I tell you. Then let us go for a little while. They pass out in the foreground right. At the same time, Arnholm and Bolette appear by the upper bank of the pond. Bolette noticing the two as they go out. See there. Hush, let them go. Can you understand what has been going on between them these last few days? Have you noticed anything? Have I not? Anything peculiar? Yes, one thing and another. Haven't you? Well, I don't exactly know. Yes, you have. Only you won't speak about it. I think it will do your stepmother good to go on this little journey. Do you think so? I should say it would be well for all parties that she should get away every now and then. If she does go home to Skjöldviken tomorrow, she will never come back here again. My dear Bolette, whatever makes you think that? I am quite convinced of it. Just you wait. You'll see that she'll not come back again. Not, anyhow, as long as I and Hilda are in the house here. Hilda, too? Well, it might perhaps be all right with Hilda, for she is scarcely more than a child. And I believe that at bottom she worships Alida. But you see it's different with me. A stepmother who isn't so very much older than oneself. 
dear bolette perhaps it might after all not be so very long before you left really have you spoken to father about it yes i have well what does he say hmm well your father's so thoroughly taken up with other matters just now yes yes that's how i knew it would be but i got this much out of him you mustn't reckon upon any help from him no he explained his circumstances to me clearly he thought that such a thing was absolutely out of the question impossible for him and you had the heart to come and mock me i've certainly not done that dear bolette it depends wholly and solely upon yourself whether you go away or not what depends upon me whether you are to go out into the world learn all you most care for take part in all you are hungering after here at home live your life under brighter conditions bolette bolette clasping her hands together good god but it's impossible if father neither can nor will and i have no one else on earth to whom i could turn couldn't you make up your mind to accept a little help from your old from your former teacher from you mr arnholm would you be willing to stand by you yes with all my heart both with word and indeed you may count upon it then you accept well do you agree do i agree to get away to see the world to learn something thoroughly all that seemed to be a great beautiful impossibility all that may now become a reality to you if only you yourself wish it and to all this unspeakable happiness you will help me oh no tell me can i accept such an offer from a stranger you can from me bolette from me you can accept anything bolette seizing his hands yes i almost think i can i don't know how it is but oh i could both laugh and cry for joy for happiness then i should know life really after all i began to be so afraid life would pass me by you need not fear that bolette but now you must tell me quite frankly if there is anything anything that you are bound to here bound to nothing nothing whatever no nothing at all that is i am bound to father to some extent and to hilda too but well you'll have to leave your father sooner or later and sometime hilda also will have to go her own way in life that is only a question of time nothing more and so there is nothing else that binds you bolette not any kind of connection nothing whatever as far as that goes i could leave at any moment well if that is so dear bolette you shall go away with me bolette clapping her hand oh god what joy to think of it for i hope you trust me fully indeed i do and you dare to trust yourself and your future fully and confidently into my hands bolette is that true you will dare to do this of course how could i not do so could you believe anything else you who have been my old teacher my teacher in the old days i mean not because of that i will not consider that side of the matter but well so you are free bolette there is nothing that binds you and so i ask you if you could if you could bind yourself to me for life bolette steps back frightened what are you saying for all your life bolette will you be my wife bolette half to herself no 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 that is impossible utterly impossible 
it is really so absolutely impossible for you to— But surely you cannot mean what you are saying, Mr. Arnholm. Looking at him. Or, yet, was that what you meant when you offered to do so much for me? You must listen to me one moment, Bolette. I suppose I have greatly surprised you. Oh, how could such a thing from you? How could it but, but surprise me? Perhaps you are right. Of course you didn't— you could not know it was for your sake that I made this journey. Did you come here for for my sake? I did, Bolette. In the spring I received a letter from your father, and in it there was a passage that made me think, hmm, that you held your former teacher in, in a little more than friendly remembrance. How could father write such a thing? He did not mean it so, but I worked myself into the belief that here was a young girl longing for me to come again. No, you mustn't interrupt me, dear Bolette. And, you see, when a man like myself, who is no longer quite young, has such a belief, or fancy, it makes an overwhelming impression. There grew within me a living, a grateful affection for you. I thought I must come to you, see you again, and tell you I had shared the feelings that I had fancied you had for me. And now you know it is not so, that it was a mistake. It can't be helped, Bolette. Your image, as I bear it within myself, will always be coloured and stamped with the impression that this mistake gave me. Perhaps you cannot understand this, but still it is so. I never thought such a thing possible. But now you have seen that it is possible. What do you say now, Bolette? Couldn't you make up your mind to be, yes, to be my wife? Oh, it seems so utterly impossible, Mr. Arnholm. You who have been my teacher. I can't imagine ever standing in any other relation towards you. Well, well, if you think you really cannot, then our old relations remain unchanged, dear Bolette. What do you mean? Of course, to keep my promise all the same, I will take care you get out into the world and see something of it, learn some things you really want to know, live safe and independent. Your future I shall provide for also, Bolette, for in me you will always have a good, faithful, trustworthy friend. Be sure of that. Good heavens! Mr. Arnholm, all that is so utterly impossible now. Is that impossible too? Surely you can see that. After what you have just said to me and after my answer. Oh, you yourself must see that it is impossible for me now to accept so very much from you. I can accept nothing from you. Nothing after this. So you would rather stay at home here and let life pass you by? Oh. It is such dreadful misery to think of that. Will you renounce knowing something of the outer world? Renounce bearing your part in all you yourself say you are hungering for? To know there is so infinitely much, and yet never really to understand anything of it? Think carefully, Bolette. Yes. Yes, you are right, Mr. Arnholm. And then, when one day your father is no longer here, then perhaps to be left helpless and alone in the world? or live to give yourself to another man, whom you, perhaps, will also feel no affection for? Oh, yes, I see how true all you say is. But still, and yet, perhaps— Well? Bolette, looking at him hesitatingly. Perhaps it might not be so impossible after all. What, Bolette? Perhaps it might be possible to accept what you propose to me. Do you mean that, after all, you might be willing to— that, at all events, you could give me the happiness of helping you as a steadfast friend? No, 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 never that, for that would be utterly impossible now. 
No, Mr. Arnholm. Rather, take me. Bolette, you will? Yes, I believe I will. And after all, you will be my wife? Yes, if you still think that... that you will have me. Think. Seizing her hand. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Bolette. All else that you have said, your former doubts, these do not frighten me. If I do not yet possess your whole heart, I shall know how to conquer it. Oh, Bolette, I shall wait upon you hand and foot. And then I shall see something of the world, shall live. You have promised me that. And will keep my promise. And I may learn everything I want to. I myself will be your teacher as formerly, Bolette. Do you remember the last school year? To think, to know oneself free, and to get out into the strange world, and then not to need to be anxious for the future, not to be harassed about one's stupid livelihood. No, you will never need to waste a thought upon such matters. And that's a good thing, too, in its way, dear Bolette, isn't it? Eh? Indeed it is. That is certain. Arnholm, putting his arms around her. Oh, you will see how comfortably and easily we shall settle down together, and how well and safely and trustfully we two shall get on with one another, Bolette. Yes, I also begin to. I believe, really, it will answer. Looks outright and hurriedly frees herself. Oh, don't say anything about this. What is it, dear? Oh, it's that poor... Pointing. See, out there. Is it your father? No, it's the young sculptor. He's down there with Hilda. Oh, Lingstrom. What's really the matter with him? Why, you know how weak and delicate he is. Yes, unless it's simply imaginary. No, it's real enough. He'll not last long. But perhaps that's best for him. Dear, why should that be best? Because... because nothing would come of his art anyhow. Let's go before they come. Gladly, my dear Bolette. Hilde and Linkstrand appear by the pond. Hi, hi. Won't your honours wait for us? Bolette and I would rather go on a little in advance. He and Bolette exit left. <laughs> it's very delightful here now. Everybody goes about in pairs. Always two and two together. Hilda looking after them. I could almost swear he's proposing to her. Really? Have you noticed anything? Yes. It's not very difficult. If you keep your eyes open. But Miss Valletta won't have him. I'm certain of that. No. For she thinks he's got so dreadfully old-looking. And she thinks he'll soon get bald. It's not only because of that. She'd not have him anyhow. How can you know? Well, because there's someone else she's promised to think of. Only to think of? While he's away, yes. Oh. Then I suppose it's you she's to think of. Perhaps it might be. She promised you that? Yes. Think. She promised me that. But mind you don't tell her you know. Oh, I'll be mum. I'm as secret as the grave. I think it's awfully kind of her. And when you come home again, are you going to be engaged to her and then marry her? No, that wouldn't very well do, for I daren't think of such a thing during the first years. And when I shall be able to, she'll be rather too old for me, I fancy. And yet you wish her to think of you? Yes, she's so useful to me. You see, I'm an artist, and she can very well do it because she herself has no real calling, but all the same, it's kind of her. Do you think you'll be able to get on more quickly with your work? 
if you know that Belletta is here thinking of you. Yes, I fancy so. To know there is a spot on earth where a young, gentle, reserved woman is quietly dreaming about you. I fancy it must be so, so, well, I really don't exactly know what to call it. Perhaps you mean fascinating. Fascinating? Oh, yes, fascinating was what I meant, or something like it. Looks at her for a moment. You're so clever, Miss Hilda. Really, you are very clever. When I come home again, you'll be about the same age as your sister is now. Perhaps, too, you'll look like your sister looks now. And perhaps, too, you'll be of the same mind she is now. Then, perhaps, you'll be both yourself and your sister in one form so to say would you like that well i i hardly know yeah well yes i almost think i should but now for this summer i would rather you were like yourself alone and exactly as you are do you like me best as i am yes i like you immensely as you are hmm tell me you who are an artist do you think i'm right always to wear bright coloured summer dresses yes yes i i think you're quite right you think bright colours suit me then they suit you charmingly to my taste but tell me as an artist how do you think i should look in black in black miss hilda yes all in black do you think i should look well, well black's hardly suitable for the summer however you'd probably look remarkably well in black especially with your appearance hilda looking straight in front of her all in black up to the throat black frilling round that black gloves and a long black veil hanging down behind if you were dressed so miss hilda i should wish i were a painter and i'd paint you as a young beautiful sorrowing widow or a young sorrowing betrothed girl yes that that would be better still but you can't wish to be dressed like that i hardly know but i think it's fascinating 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 to think of yes suddenly pointing left oh just look there lingstrand looking the great english steamer and right by the pier wangel and elida come in past the pond no i assure you dear elida you are mistaken seeing the others what are you two here it's not in sight yet is it mr lingstrand the great english ship yes lingstrand pointing there she is already doctor i knew it come come like a thief in the night as one might say so quietly and noiselessly you must go to the pier with hilda be quick i'm sure she wants to hear the music yes we were just going there doctor perhaps we'll follow you we'll come directly hilda whispering to lingstrand they're hunting in couples too hilda and lingstrand go out through the garden left music is heard in the distance out at the fjord during the following come he is here yes yes i feel it you'd better go in alida let me talk with him alone oh that's impossible impossible i say oh do you see him vongel the stranger enters from the left and remains on the pathway outside the fence the stranger bowing good evening you see i am here again alida yes yes the time has come now and are you ready to start or not you can see for yourself that she is not i am not asking about a travelling dress or anything of that kind 
nor about packed trunks. All that is needed for a journey I have with me on board. I've also secured a cabin for you. To Elida. So I ask you, if you are ready to go with me. To go with me freely. Oh, do not ask me. Do not tempt me. A ship's bell is heard in the distance. That is the first bell for going on board. Now you must say yes or no. Elida wringing her hands. To decide, decide for one's whole life, never to be able to undo it again. Never. In half an hour it will be too late. Elida looking shyly and searchingly at him. Why is it you hold to me so resolutely? Don't you feel, as I do, that we two belong together? Do you mean because of the vow? Vows bind no one, neither man nor woman. If I hold so steadfastly to you, it is because I cannot do otherwise. Why didn't you come before? Elida. Oh, all that attracts and tempts and lures into the unknown, all the strength of the sea concentrated in this one thing. The stranger climbs over the fence. Elida stepping back to Vangel. What is it? What do you want? I see it, and I hear it in you, Elida. After all, you will choose me in the end. Vangel going towards him. My wife has no choice here. I am here both to choose for her and to defend her. Yes, defend. If you do not go away from here, away from this land, and never come back again, do you know to what you are exposing yourself? No. No, Vangel, not that. What will you do to me? I will have you arrested as a criminal at once, before you go on board, for I know all about the murder at Skjöldviken. Oh, Vangel, how can you? I was prepared for that. And so— Takes a revolver from his breast pocket. I provided myself with this. Elida throwing herself in front of him. No, no, do not kill him. Better kill me. Neither you nor him. Don't fear that. This is for myself. I will live and die a free man. Vangel, let me tell you this. Tell it you so that he may hear it. You can indeed keep me here. You have the means and the power to do it. And you intend to do it. But my mind, all my thoughts, all the longings and desires of my soul, these you cannot bind. These will rush and press out into the unknown that I was created for, and that you have kept me from. I see it, Elida. Step by step you are slipping from me. The craving for the boundless, the infinite, the unattainable, will drive your soul into the darkness of night at last. Yes, I feel it hovering over me like black, noiseless wings. It shall not come to that. No other deliverance is possible for you. I at least can see no other. And so, so I cry off our bargain at once. Now you can choose your own path in perfect, perfect freedom. Elida stares at him a while as if stricken dumb. Is it true? True, what do you say? Do you mean that? Mean it with all your heart? Yes, with all my sorrowing heart. I mean it. And can you do it? Can you let it be so? Yes, I can, because I love you so dearly. And have I come so near, so close to you? The years and the living together have done that. Elida clasping her hands together. 
And I, who so little understood this. Your thoughts went elsewhere, and now, now you are completely free of me and mine and and mine. Now your own true life may resume its real bent again, for now you can choose in freedom and on your own responsibility, Elida. Elida clasps her head with her hands and stares at Wangel. In freedom and on my own responsibility. Responsibility, too, that changes everything. The ship-bell rings again. Do you hear, Elida? It has rung now for the last time. Come. Elida turns towards him, looks firmly at him, and speaks in a resolute voice. I shall never go with you after this. You will not? Elida, clinging to Wangel. I shall never go away from you after this. Elida, Elida. So it is over? Yes, over for all time. I see. There is something here stronger than my will. Your will has not a shadow of power over me any longer. To me you are as one dead, who has come home from the sea, and who returns to it again. I no longer dread you, and I am no longer drawn to you. Good-bye, Mrs. Vongel. He swings himself over the fence. Henceforth you are nothing but a shipwreck in my life, that I have tided over. He goes out left. Wangel looks at her for a while. Elida, your mind is like the sea. It has ebb and flow. Whence came the change? Oh, don't you understand that the change came, was bound to come when I could choose in freedom? And the unknown? It no longer lures you? Neither lures nor frightens me. I could have seen it, gone out into it, if only I myself had willed it. I could have chosen it. And that is why I could also renounce it. I begin to understand, little by little. You think and conceive in pictures, in visible figures. Your longing and aching for the sea, your attraction towards this strange man, these were the expression of an awakening and growing desire for freedom. Nothing else. I don't know about that. But you have been a good physician for me. You found and you dared to use the right remedy, the only one that could help me. Yes, in utmost need and danger we doctors dare much. And now you are coming back to me again, Elida? Yes, dear, faithful Vongel. Now I am coming back to you again. Now I can, for now I come to you freely, and on my own responsibility. Vangel looks lovingly at her. Elida, Elida, to think that now we can live wholly for one another. And with common memories, yours as well as mine. Yes, indeed, dear. And for our children, Vongel. You call them ours. They who are not mine yet, but whom I shall win. Ours. Gladly and quickly kisses her hands. I cannot speak my thanks for those words. Hilde, Ballestedt, Lingstrand, Arnholm, and Bolette come into the garden, left. At the same time a number of young townspeople and visitors pass along the footpath. Hilde aside to Lingstrand. See, 
Why, she and father look exactly as if they were a betrothed couple. Ballisted, who has overheard. It is summertime, little missy. Arnholm looking at Wangel and Elida. The English steamer is putting off. Bolette going to the fence. You can see her best from here. The last voyage this year. Soon all the sea highways will be closed, as the poet says. It is sad, Mrs. Wangel, and now we are to lose you also for a time. Tomorrow you're off to Skjoldevikin, I hear. No, nothing will come of that. We two have changed our minds tonight. Arnholm looking from one to the other. Oh, really? Bolette coming forward. Father, is that true? Hilde going towards Elida. Are you going to stay with us after all? Yes, dear Hilda, if you'll have me. <laughs> Fancy, have you? Arnholm to Elida. But this is quite a surprise. Elida smiling earnestly. Well, you see, Mr. Arnholm, do you remember we talked about it yesterday? When you have once become a land creature, you can no longer find your way back again to the sea nor to the sea-life, either. Why, that's exactly the case with my mermaid. Something like, yes. Only with this difference, that the mermaid dies of it. It's while human beings can accl acclimatize themselves. Yes, yes, I assure you, Mrs. Wangel, they can accl acclimatize themselves. In freedom they can, Mr. Ballisted. And when they act on their own responsibility, dear Elida. Elida quickly holding out her hand to him. Exactly. The great steamer glides noiselessly out beyond the fjord. The music is heard nearer land. End of Act 5 End of The Lady from the Sea by Henrik Ibsen Translated by Eleanor Marx Aveling